Talk more into the microphone, a little less into the beer. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Hey, this is Grumpy Old Geeks for the October 23rd. This is Brian Schulmeister, and I'm here with our special guest host, Fergal Lyons. Hi, Fergal. Hi. Thanks ah. for inviting me, Brian. Thanks for bringing really nice beer, Fergal. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Fergal is an old friend of mine. We met at uh, the famous Finn McCool's where there's been a few grumpy old geeks gathering. Um, he's hung out with Jason before, and he's a geek. Hmm, I'm not sure if I, I'm comfortable with that uh, term, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know the sci-fi references. You work in the computer industry. What more do you want, Fergal? Yeah, I do have a background in computer science, work for one of the big uh, security firms that you've probably heard of, Symantec. And uh, so, yeah, I guess I am a geek. Yes, you are. And uh, you listen to the podcast and pick on me regularly and like to uh, talk about all the parts that you don't like, <laughs> although you have admitted that you do listen to it in the shower. Yes, I do. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> so tomorrow you'll be listening to yourself in the shower. You'll have to tell me how that feels. <laughs> Won't be the first time. <laughs> uh, so the big news this week, Star Wars The Force Awakens. We finally got what is considered an official trailer and uh, the tickets then immediately went on sale and sold out everywhere. Yeah, do you know how for how long it sold out for? Um, not terribly long, uh, at least the first few days here in L.A. Um, yeah. I think we got, uh, my wife and I picked up tickets to see it three or four days after opening oh, day. Oh, very so, good. Yeah. I'm probably not going to see it until January, because I'll be traveling right through the holidays. All right, yes, you'll be, you'll be out and about. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? I, I thought it was excellent. I thought, I, yeah. you know... You know, we've got the two main characters introduced. They went through some of the older characters. They look fantastic. Uh, yeah. And they've set up Han Solo to kind of be the, the bridge, the one who will explain the history to, to the youngins. Sure. Uh, the big question is, where the fuck was Luke? Yeah. So the internet is now blown up thinking that he might be the bad character, or he's certainly gone to the dark side. They've even pulled out an email that uh, Mark Hamill wrote to J.J. Abrams 10 years ago, where he said he would be intrigued by playing a Luke Skywalker who had gone to the dark side. That is interesting. I haven't heard that. I would actually be quite disappointed if that's the way they go. But uh, you never know. We'll find out very yeah. soon. December 18th. All right. It's not that far away. Of course, the big controversy that came out straight away is all of the racist fuckers out there who didn't like the fact that one of the main characters was a black guy. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you have Twitter. When any idiot gets a voice and then any news agency will pick up on it. This can't be a real thing. But How did, big could this be? Did they not see Star Wars before? There were plenty of black characters. Plenty? You mean Lando? Well, there was a few. There was Lando. <laughs> there was Lando. I wouldn't call that plenty. There was, but he was Jar Jar Binks, who was an incredibly racist... A version of a black character. Well, I mean, I think Jar Jar Binks could either be read as a, a racist character of a black guy or just a stone Jamaican white dude. Uh, I guess he could have been white, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, I always envision him as being black. Yeah, I mean, the whole hashtag boycott Star Wars. Terrible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, I can't imagine this is a real thing. This is the same. This is just a bunch of idiots and not <clears> a very large bunch of them yeah. oh to be fair james earl jones also black yes or, but not that you ever saw him but it was a guy in an all-black suit that's a bad guy yeah uh the other sci-fi thing that of course happened this week it was back to the future day just uh what two days ago now 
so that was the one and only day that you could post that meme that people have posted for about five years <laughs> running on the same day, October 21st. So this year was the right one. Never post it again. We're done, people. It's done. Yeah, yeah, we're all done. It was good. I saw them on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I saw that they that. popped in on that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, Doc is looking kind of old. And, and uh, Leah Thompson is looking pretty smoking still. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be honest about that. Uh, yeah, it was a you know it was a fun movie. It, it wasn't. A, there are people I know that just love this movie and love all of them and, and are really really into it. I thought they were fine when they came. But out. they're also iconic for the time. They, they are they definitely yes. a moment in the eighties. Yes, they are iconic great. for that. Uh, the interesting article that I found out uh, this about this week is they uh, went and talked to the writer of uh, Back to the Future Two. Uh, who, uh, let me see his name, uh, Bob Gale. Um, and then he, he admitted that he actually based Biff Tannen in the future, uh, the crazy one who had taken over the entire town on Donald Trump. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> a great story. I'm a little skeptical. I think I it's a too. great story. I think it's, I think it's, it's a, great a nice revisionist history yeah, yeah. Uh, that fits everything quite well. It's not like The Simpsons, which really accurately predicted Donald Trump running for president. <laughs> um, but it's still cute um, and it's interesting. And the article that's in our show notes actually talks a bit more about uh, what he felt about, you know, his take on the future and obviously the things that didn't happen, the hoverboard. And it wasn't a phone. It was in the glasses. And he said, well, that was a near miss. Google Glass could yeah. have made it. And you could have been right on. But, uh, yeah, so good article. Interesting thing. Back to the future. All right. All done with that. Uh, let's talk about something that I know Fergal does not care about because he <laughs> is an admitted Android fan, although yep. he's been forced to be used. Use, well, unfortunately, you have a very old iPhone. I had briefly just while I was waiting for my new Android to arrive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've used Android for a lot of years. Never really went down the uh, iOS path. I have an iPad. I have other stuff as well, of course. But for my regular phone, I prefer Android for a number of reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I prefer the flexibility. I prefer the openness that uh, Android gives. Right. The, uh, the hackability. But also, well, they're all hackable, trust me. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is that, you know, we uh, we have our company writes a lot of software for Android. We don't do so much for iOS because it's very hard to write things at a, at yes. a uh, hardware, at a root level Yes, um, for, uh, for Apple. Yeah. Uh, well, the iOS update came out, and I'm I'm happy to announce that uh, mainly we basically have more emojis, and we finally have a taco and <laughs> awesome. a burrito. So if, Score! If, you're, yeah, if you live here in Southern California, you've been waiting for that a very long time. Uh, we also have the new emoji that we talked about on a show uh, probably five or six shows ago because it, it sneaked out. It's basically the kind of uh, CBS logo with a little quotation mark coming off of it and nobody could quite figure out what the hell that was supposed to be about well this is a big uh apple facebook twitter snapchat etc etc are all in on this emoji it is supposed to be an anti-bullying emoji it's uh it's for a campaign that's going to be called i am a witness for national bullying prevention month so apparently if you post this when people are flaming you they will stop <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> well, yeah, this emoji is supposed to, you know, promote. It's like a shield. Yes, it's like a shield <laughs> to stop them from calling you an asshole. I've got my emoji up. Stay away. I have emojied, and then automatically you're going to get like flaming tacos sent your way. So <laughs> I don't think this is going to do much, but it's yeah. This I mean, is one of these bright ideas that somebody has that nobody will argue against because oh, it yeah, sounds like, like you're arguing. Yeah, for I can't. I I'm not going to argue for bullying. Yeah. So this emoji that will have no effect whatsoever on anything. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. In 
the news? This is from the Daily Mail, which already kind of gives me pause. Uh, it also gives me pause because it's from an Australian. And fuck those guys. <laughs> and then it also gives me pause because it's a chiropractor. And I was kidding about fucking those guys if they're Australian, but fuck chiropractors. That's not real science. And, but the point being, uh, there is a condition that uh, is apparently being called text neck. And it's a bunch of x-rays uh, from kids even as young as seven. And this chiropractor and doctor in Australia is saying he's seeing an alarming increase in this. And there's some kind of disturbing x-ray scans going on in the image. And, and this is not surprising. We've been warned about this. This has been a discussion for a long time saying that, that, that uh, this is not a way we're supposed to hold our head. And uh, it's probably not good for us. And um, yeah, but this is hardly very scientific. You know, I'd like to see, you know. <laughs> but but there's numbers written, on, them, written there... on the x-rays with arrows. Oh, okay. <laughs> those kind of numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's science. Yeah. This could have just been some kid with scoliosis who happened to have a cell phone. Yeah, you know, I've got a thing against chiropractors because I think they're kind of witch doctors and they don't yeah. really know what they're doing. But uh, I am. This is the first real thing that's kind of caught fire about it, and and, and an attempt at somewhat sort of science. Uh, text neck as a condition which can lead to cognitive problems and depression might be stretching it a little bit. Well, um, it reminds me of uh, back in the eighties. I used to use uh, I used to uh, compete at a Rubik's cube. Right. And I used to get Rubik's Cube thumb. And you said you're not a geek? Hold on a second. <laughs> Rubik's Cube thumb. I can still do a Rubik's Cube in Is about a minute. Is this before so. or after you were breakdancing on those rough, oh, those rough Irish on. streets? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, okay. I, I, but, I, you know, people are spending a lot more time on their phones now yeah. than, than any Rubik's Cube boy ever yeah. would have done. Um, anyways, let's... Uh, Let's talk about a company that, that Jason and I struggle to figure out how it still is around. Let's talk about Yahoo again. Yahoo is now basically outsourcing their search to Google. And it's about time because their search has sucked for so long. Yes, their search is Nobody horrible. uses it. 90-something percent of all search goes through Google. Bing has their small 10%, let's say. Right. Um, you, an another one you might be familiar with, Ask. Ask.com? Yes. Are they still around? Yes. Okay. But it's Google. It's, it's a Google it's backend. Google. It's a Google backend. So Google yeah. is Google and Microsoft are basically running search That's for everyone. Yeah. What is Yahoo doing? I, I don't really understand. Their shares have tumbled, what, 38% since the 1st of January. Uh, you used to have a Yahoo email account. Everybody has a Gmail account now. You used to mm -hmm. go to Yahoo for search. You don't go to Yahoo for search anymore. It used to be some sort of guided directory. They killed that a couple months back. What the fuck is Yahoo doing? Anyone? They claim to be, you know, media. They're, they're about content now. But they're not very good at but it. But they don't have any content. Nothing of any... They're, they're any as credible. into content as the Huffington Post is. Yeah. They just take other people. Grab some elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, well, you no, want to be I an aggregator. It, I don't think yeah. that you're worth the money that you're getting anymore. I think it's on its way out. Good. And it won't be before time. Good. Speaking of things that I'd like to be on the way out, you know I couldn't not talk about Uber with you, <laughs> Fergal. Uh, Fergal is my, my friend who's the biggest Uber supporter and will never shut up about how much he loves it. Well, I only talk about how much I like it when you rail on it. So first off, I came here by Uber tonight. Of course you did. And uh, it was kind of an interesting experience because I got her to pick me up uh, in a Prius, yeah. uh, bring me down to Whole Foods where I ran in and got all this beer. 
and then came back out and uh, drop you over to here. The whole thing, in theory, should have cost five bucks, but because I paid with American Express points, it cost me nothing. Okay. So what have I got to complain about? That's a perfectly great service. Now, it's do I have an issues artificially with the cheap service, though? No. And you know that. Yes, it is. I don't view it as being that artificially cheap. Okay. No, about the company. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just talk about the the San Antonio thing because yeah. they they Uber has returned to San Antonio as of this week. They left on April first, basically throwing a huge hissy fit because the city wouldn't let them basically get away from all the regulatory things that uh, most cities require anybody that operates in their confines to do. So they said, "Fuck that, we're leaving," and uh, apparently they kind of won and they came back and San Antonio is for the most part caved. Yeah, and gave into everything. So now, um, no fingerprinting, no drug tests, no all the other things that uh, San Antonio requires for anybody that does provide a transportation service in their city. Uber doesn't have to do that anymore. So it's so your own quite. damn fault if your Uber driver is stoned and crashes the car and kills you. So two points on, on that. Mm -hmm. First, um, they still do have drug testing, but it's random. And then secondly... Uh, the fingerprint requirement is still in place, but there is a two-week or some of that grace period okay. before they have to ha have it done. There are regulations. Uber must abide by those regulations, and that should be the case everywhere across the country. And as you know, that is all I've ever said about Uber. Yeah. And, and that we has are, been my biggest problem. And that. we are in, in agreement on that. We just right. we, we come at it from, dif dif from different angles. Yes. One more point, though, before I finish up. Okay. Uh, the girl who drove me here tonight mm -hmm. her car stank of weed <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there are some issues to still to be resolved well it seems to me that uber is starting to slide towards the normal taxis level of, i of agree service. and that um, really concerns me well I, like i said uh you know you're supposed to always get your free bottle of water that was a point of contention with uber sure it's not on their tagline or anything but that was a thing and I do occasionally take Uber. I have not gotten a free bottle of water in ages. Yeah. Everything is starting to slide. The cars aren't as nice as they used to That's be. That's the bigger the issue. drivers aren't as nice as they're, they used to the be. The rules on the cars used to be that the car had to be seven years uh, old or less. Yeah. Okay? Now they've extended that out to 10 years and possibly even 12 years. Some of the cars I've been in the last while, they've been pods of junk. Yeah. And that annoys me. Well, maybe they're just art. Because as you pointed out in the link that you added to the show notes, Uber is now supporting art and it's doing an ultimate pop-up oh, yeah. gallery. I love this because they're all about celebrating the people and places that make cities like L.A. unique. That's why they're excited to announce Uber Artist, a bunch of the drivers who are driving Uber because they suck so bad at their art. Oh, come on. The world is full of struggling artists. Doesn't yes. mean they're bad. Well, I guess they have to. Uh, this is probably better. Driving an Uber, I suppose, is better than working at a McDonald's or yeah, something. Yeah, sure. Uh, although yeah. maybe not so much. But this is a, an interesting idea, I guess. I mean, yeah. the thing that struck me about this article, and this, is, this isn't even a slam on Uber. This is just kind of a slam on, on, on our culture now. Why does every company have to be everything? Why can't they just be a transportation company? Why do they have to be a lifestyle? There's a very simple Everything reason. Everything has to be a lifestyle. And we're going to touch on that in a few minutes. It's because they have such a ridiculous valuation. Yes. Now they can't just be in the transportation sector because they will not be able to sustain that valuation. They must be everything to everybody. And then they can continue to grow. I'm actually interested in if Uber gets a piece of any of the art on sales. You think? 
don't know, maybe. Mm, so the, the art thing was, I, I, I think the article said that it really it's it's a pop up art studio. Yes, and Uber is going to take you to that studio. But the, all and the artists the are Uber there. drivers as well. Are they? I'm sorry, driver partners as they brand them because you're <laughs> a fucking. I'm sure you have a fucking piece of the company. You're <laughs> yeah. a fucking partner. Yeah, right. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, yeah. you idiots. <laughs> Speaking of idiots, free Uber. Another link that you saw. So this one is strange. So this is in, uh, I think it's in New Hampshire, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which mm-hmm. is full of idiots. Okay. Uh, there goes our listening they, base in yeah, Portsmouth. Exactly. But no, uh, Portsmouth is full of these Uber Uber libertarians uh, <laughs> who are really just off the wall in terms of not wanting any form of uh, regulation. Well, this is live, this is live free or die country. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they go a step further, and what they're doing in this case is freeuber.org, and they are campaigning to have Uber in their towns. And uh, they have this uh, activism dashboard where they have these basically boosters, people going out, making calls, talking to people, and trying to uh, increase the demand for Uber in their small little butt-ass town. Right. Well, that seems a bit silly to me. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird. Good luck on you. Let's move on to another company I can't stand. <laughs> Airbnb. They really screwed oh. up. They screwed up big time. Uh, they ran an ad campaign in San Francisco, uh, which basically passively aggressively bitched about the amount of taxes that they had to pay and then chided all the public services to maybe do a better work since we just gave you $12 million. Now imagine if, if Hilton Hotels <laughs> or Marriott did the same. So, I know. You know, put up an ad saying... Hey, San Francisco, what about fixing the potholes out here now that I've given you X percent of my uh, take? Yeah, uh, because, you know, all of us have to do it, too. We pay our personal taxes and we don't we all pay taxes. About it. Airbnb should pay taxes. <clears throat> of course they should. And that's all perfectly reasonable. Uh, this was the most tone deaf ad campaign I've ever seen Absolutely. in my entire life. The yeah. apology and explanation that have since come out saying that we were just trying to point out that, look, we're paying so much into the community. No, 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 that's not what these they ads were said. <laughs> Do they not have PR people? Do they not have just sensible people as, who would put a hold on something like that? As you know, Shut. we talk about this all the time on this show, the arrogance of these companies. Uh, there's no humility and there's no, uh, they're so fucking arrogant. They, they don't even, none of this even hit their mind that this would be like, they are pissed. They're pissed that they're paying this much taxes and, and they want to let people know. There was there was no note. This is completely, utterly true. This is how they really do feel. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And they're shocked and surprised now that people are pissed off about it. Anyways, good job, Airbnb. Uh, Apple Music supposedly has 6.5 million paying subscribers, which is still well below what Spotify is claiming at 20 million. Uh, I know I'm no longer a paying subscriber for either. Because I canceled my Spotify when I signed up for Apple Music, and I canceled my Apple Music when I discovered it won't work with my large library, and I've just been too lazy to go back and sign up with either of them again. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so six and a half million paying subscribers, is that enough? Does that make their business viable? Well, I mean, again, it's it's a loss leader for their phones, which are going at $1,000 a pop, especially now that they're not being subsidized by the uh, carriers anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be fine. It's it's not great, and I'm sure they expect it to be a lot better, and they're going to have to be better if they're going to be best of industry or try to win out on anything. But, uh, you know, I know I'm I'm kind of a 
one percenter with my music collection and the fact that it won't ever work for me. But uh, even people that don't have my problem are complaining about how convoluted it is. And it is. Yeah. iTunes is a mess and they've got to fix that. But I think the very fact that it's it's easy to sign up for it because you're, well, you're in, basically you're, you're signed in, up. You're in the system. Yes. And, and, and the, the ecosystem so, is a powerful thing. Yeah. And especially like even you have an iPad Uh, at some point, you know, you got, you get your Apple TV, you get your iPad and the app works on an Android phone. And then all of a sudden it all works together. Yeah. It all works together and it works together beautifully, except it doesn't. (laughs) So that's the problem. Uh, Benchmarks. Bill Gurley finally said something that we've been saying on this podcast for a long time. Uh, I'm talking to you, all you unicorns, all your private valuations are complete and utter bullshit. So, Yes, all yeah. he's basically saying all of these companies are massively, massively overrated. All of them are, are complete and utter crap. And uh, maybe people should start being realistic about business fundamentals again. You know, so imagine how well that went over in San Francisco. Yeah. We'll just ignore yeah. them. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> nothing, whatever. I'm still worth but $5 million dollars for my app that does nothing. I said Facebook was way overvalued when it went public. I still went, think it is. Went public, but, you know, it's continued to climb. It's now I, the, But I do believe it's overvalued. Yeah. Twitter's overvalued. At least Google's they have business. overvalued. Yeah. But, yeah, they do have – at least these companies the are models. operating. Yeah, they're making some money. At yeah, least. they're not startups that haven't even gotten yeah. – through the first round of funding, it's I don't understand that world up there. That was what we originally started the show about because Jason was supposed to teach me about the startup world. And then we just never really <laughs> talked about it much because okay. he can't, he doesn't understand it either. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we ended up. Uh, let's do a little quick science news, fun stuff. Uh, remember a long time ago when the Large Hadron Collider first came online and everybody thought that uh, it would blast us out of existence mm-hmm. and we'd be dead in two seconds. Well, apparently next week they're hoping to make contact with the parallel universe. And this is not bullshit. This is pretty crazy physics. Now, this is the one in Switzerland. Yes. Is it? Yes. At the CERN, CERN. Institute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're going to be firing up uh, to the highest energy levels they've ever done in a bid to detect or even create miniature black holes. If successful, a completely new universe will be revealed, rewriting not only the physics books, but philosophy books too, which is a little bit over the top, I sure. think, for science writing. But uh, I think it'll... Uh, maybe rewrite some science fiction books. Ooh. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, yeah. Uh, it's interesting, and I, you know, I'm I'm very excited about yeah. what they're doing there. I mean, some of the all the major discoveries that we're making in the physics world are coming from that from CERN right now. Oh, all yeah. of them. Yeah. So if you're in physics, you're there. Um, NASA researchers. NASA's had a couple big weeks. Let's be honest here. They had water on Mars. Uh, yeah. Everything that they found with Pluto. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think one of the guys that they keep in their back office is holding on to that red stapler. Got a report out this week. Uh, NASA researcher released a report that he's 99, 99.9% certain Southern California is getting a big quake soon. I have been, I grew up here. I was born here. I've been hearing this since I had hearing. Well, we know that there's a big quake coming soon. Yes. But to say it's 99.9% in the next three months, is that right? Two and a half years. Oh, two and a half years. Which is still... It's still a small time. A small time. Yeah. Because this, all everybody says is like a three to four hundred year span or something yeah. like that. And so. you can't predict. This is not a predictable thing. No. And the U.S. Geological Survey... Is that what they're called? Survey? Yes. Geological Survey. Yes. They came out and said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that guy did not run his, uh, his, his mathematics through the normal channels. It was not vetted. And uh, they do not believe uh, that its numbers stand up. Yeah. So, oh, I said it's a her. Now, her. It's not a him. 
Oh, it's not just a her. Andrea Donnellan of JPL is the one that did the study. Okay, and what's the name of the girl from USGS? The woman, sorry. Uh, this is where I put in the music. Lucy Jones. Lucy Jones, who is fantastic. Have you ever seen her on TV? I have not. She's a slightly uh, a rotund but very animated woman who is so passionate about what she does. Oh, great. She's an absolute pleasure to watch. I'll have to watch a video of this later then. Yeah, so we're going to get one and we're not, and now it's not really true anymore. Good times. Yeah. It's fun being in California. And then you put in a link <laughs> to appypaper.com and just wrote stupid or genius. Yeah. So um, this probably is stupid. <laughs> so let me first say what, what it is. This is a firm, uh, say, startup company who uh, will send you free wrapping paper for the holidays. Right. And you can request, I think it's up to four sheets of this wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. And the paper is imprinted with um logos. icons of apps yeah, basically, logos, logos. basically. Yeah. yeah yeah and so companies are paying to get on this paper uh, it's i okay that's my theory. first impression is this is genius <laughs> because it looks like it, you know it, it's a screenshot of your phone or something like that and if you bought like your kid a, uh, an iphone or something uh-huh. what, what better paper to wrap it yeah. in this is somewhat genius the fact that it's free is weird but then I guess not because they're. I suppose all these companies are paying to be on this this paper yeah. that gets t- ripped off immediately and thrown into the trash immediately. So you're not really getting value for your bucks there. Plus, the entire site spends a lot of time explaining what the concept of wrapping paper is. <laughs> okay, they, they kind of over-explain. <laughs> I think we all understand what wrapping paper is. Good. So I've started to veer into the stupid. So from my <laughs> perspective, I think it's a stupid concept. But I wish I'd thought of it because it's genius. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're getting valued at quite a lot of money. It, it, fresh and unique. Saves you money. Sharing the love. I don't know so much about the love. Okay. Uh, okay the other up. story I came across was the Googlers living at Google. This is on Recode and it's been getting passed around a lot. Uh, it's basically chronicling. I, I guess somebody did a Quora post and then somebody else did uh, some stuff on Reddit. Uh, about some of these kids, and not all of them are kids, because the time frame on this goes from like 2005 to now, um, and found all these Google employees that basically took about a year from renting anywhere and basically just lived on the campus or in the parking lot or whatever, because Google offers all these great perks, like 24 hours they're open, there's always food in the kitchen, they have showers on campuses, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, if you work for Google, it's certainly possible to live your entire life there. Yeah. But... These are clearly people who are socially malfunctioning. Yes, you think? (laughs) So much so that they're incapable of even getting a place to call their home. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. Um, I found all these stories. I don't think these guys are homeless because they can't afford. They're working for Google, so they're making. In, in theory, salary, at least. In theory. But, I mean, we did run the reports on, on tech, people working in tech and, and the affordability of rents in both this area, Santa Monica, and both in and San Francisco. So maybe not. But uh, definitely the stories that are chronicled in this in this Recode article, these are guys that chose to yeah. do this because yeah. they don't really know what they're doing with their lives. <laughs> yeah. And they don't live, they would live what we call alternative lifestyles. Hmm. Something I would not do. Um, a quick note on the same sort of thing. Um, 
just because I saw this this week. This is from The Guardian, which is one of the reputable UK papers, as opposed to the Daily Mail. Yep. Uh, number of London's working poor surges 70% in 10 years. So in the last 10 years, basically, um, most people living in London that are living in poverty at this point, uh, which I believe London is one of the most incredibly expensive cities I've ever visited. And it's gotten more and more expensive. Even back, I've lived there in 97, 98 and most of the people I knew even then um, to be able to live within London itself were, sh- were sharing rooms. Um, nobody, nobody had an apartment of their own. They shared one with four or five other people yeah. to, to, or they did this huge like two hour commute to get into town every day because it was just too damn expensive. And that was a long time ago. But that was also uh, <clears throat> indicative of the stage of life you were at. Yes. Like when I was over there in London as a student, yeah, I was sharing with multiple big people. And so was everyone else. But, you know, we were in our early 20s and, you know, mm. just happy to be away from home. There, there was some part of that, but some of the people I was working with were a bit older. and They were like, you know, day-to-day managers with bands and things like that. They were making decent money. It's just London is crazy expensive. expensive. Security? Ha! It's a little bit weird to be doing the security segment without Jason because this is normally him and I just throw my hands up in the air and say, what are you going to do? But we have a security expert with us. Mm. Now, note that I'm in the marketing department, <laughs> so uh, it's been a while since my security credentials were up to date, shall we say. All right. Well, you, you found some links, so talk me through them. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with the first one, which is about music, which, of course, is your yes. area. And this yes. was about a, uh, a guy called William Bedell, who has uh, created a botnet of sorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's set up this botnet, and he believes that he could make money from right. Spotify using this botnet. In theory, one could. Um, this is no different than, than what we've seen with uh, people gaming YouTube and setting up bots that hit videos and play them and play them and play them. Uh, it's, it's a constant cat and mouse game between the companies and, and these people to do these sorts of things. Uh, I, the funny thing about this one is, um, you know, I was talking, uh, this just made me laugh because, you know, he's going to be a big roller here. Using his botnet, at the ultimate <laughs> technology that he can achieve, it is possible to generate a sum total of $32.26 per day in royalties. Yes, but that was with a very small botnet. <laughs> you could scale, and there are botnets out there. Yes, but as soon as if you do scale to that level, even Spotify's basic security gonna wake up. will wake up and yeah. catch it and shut it down. Because the <laughs> other con- consideration is that it has to be your own music, or music that you have the rights to, so that you get the Get the money. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a. I mean, there was an early version of of gaming Spotify. I can't remember the name of the band right now, and I'll try to search for this after and, and put it in the links. But it was a band that basically did. Uh, I think it was twenty four tracks that were like an hour long each, and they asked all their fans to put this album on before they went to sleep and just let it play. Or no, it was like hundred and fifty two. 10 second tracks. Right. So it ran through all the tracks. So it just racked up plays. So, you know, they, they exhorted their fans, please put this on before you go to bed every night and just play it on repeat. And it would just rack up all these plays and they were making a decent amount of money off of it. Way more than they would have anyways, because their music kind of (laughs) sucked. But yeah, Spotify just needs to watch out for this kind of stuff, but I'm sure there are people looking into it. Oh, of course they do, because they want to pay out as little money as humanly possible. Sure. Uh, this guys do all those things. So our CIA director got his, uh, got, got his email hacked. Yeah, this really is, on the one hand, it's not surprising. Not at all. On the other hand, it is appalling. And it's ridiculous <clears throat> that 
you know, I'm, I'm going to get a little political here. Okay. Because this is analogous and similar to the fact that Hillary Clinton had her email server at home. Um, Basic security at the highest echelons of government. Yeah, they don't understand what they're doing. They don't. They don't. It's so it's far incredible. beyond the times. Now, to be fair, 90% of this guy's hacking was, was uh, social engineering. Yes. It, it's not like he just broke in. He, he did the phone calls. He pretended to True. be someone with his cell phone agency. He got some basic amount of information. Then he was able to deduce some guesses on passwords. One password, people. You fucking don't listen to us. But he was on AOL. Yes. Come on. <laughs> the, the, the head of the CIA has an AOL account where he keeps some confidential information. You've got to keep in That's mind what incredible. age these people are. Of course they're not going to get this stuff. It's You know, I've, uh, I'm not going to name the name of the record label, but I heard something about someone coming in to be head of a digital department that is in his late 50s, and I know he knows nothing about digital. Right. He knows enough to get by in a meeting, but does he understand it? No, and when you hit that age, you don't care anymore. You're not going to go learn all this stuff, and none of these people are going to learn this stuff. Hillary Clinton, I guarantee, had no idea there was an email server in her house. <laughs> I told, I blame whoever the fuck she hired. Yeah. yeah, it was stupid, but she had no idea. Not, not, not directly. No. no. Um, it's interesting. This is actually something I've been working on uh, at work uh, in the last few weeks because we're realizing that a lot of people. You know, do work activities at home. Yeah. They transfer files through their email. They log into work computers from their home computers. Yes. And they potentially could be doing so from infected systems. Yeah. Well, there uh, could be a key logger on their home computer capturing every single thing that they're doing. Or somebody just monitoring the router or somebody sitting outside there and acting to their wireless. Possibly. That's the reality of today's day and age is nobody keeps their work at work anymore. Yes. And nobody's, uh, whatever secure institutions are being put into place in your workplace are not being done at your house. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I'm working on at the moment is actually really? getting our, our enterprise companies, uh, customers hmm. to provide their employees with Norton software at home right. so that they will secure their home com computers and increase their level of hygiene from oh, end okay. to end. So you're gonna, it's going under the Norton branding because if it was the other one, I have I already have some marketing for you. Semantic lockdown. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's, yeah, no, that's right. no, that free. It's on the Norton one. <laughs> Norton lockdown. It still works. Um, so I was flying and I, I've a lot recently and I've definitely noticed that uh, our, our tickets are way more high tech now. And I always kind of had something in the back of my mind, like, what the hell is going on on this ticket? And normally, you know, you know me, I jack and a few, jack and coke, jack and coke, jack and coke, a couple of movies. Uh, by the end of that, the ticket is usually somewhere in the little vomit bag sure. and I just leave the plane. Not anymore. Not after I read this article. Yeah. So the barcode... Which is one of those uh, 3D barcodes or Q the QR, Q QR which, which were vaguely somewhat in vogue for a while as a marketing thing. And now you're only, if you're using a QR code for marketing, you're so out of date. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah they, yeah, they have become useful for things like this and, and even like Ticketmaster or any kind of like encoded information to ensure that you have access to something. QR codes are great for that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're putting a lot of information in those codes. Yeah. More than they need to. Yeah, so need in to. the case of the airplane boarding pass ones, they contain 
your name, mm-hmm. potentially your address, your frequent flyer numbers. Which is generally the login account for you to log into an account, which then will have your credit card information. Potentially. Uh, it also has your schedule, so you know people <laughs> will know okay. where you're going. That on Instagram, anyways. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that one's no big deal. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of it, of information, and you know, there should at least be some level of encryption or some notice of what information. I would like to know what information is on my ticket. Sure, you can't that's even one find that out. Well, you can because you, you can know, just scan it yourself. You can, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Good times. So yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm definitely never gonna. I'm always gonna bring my plane tickets with me now, and I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and shred them. Yeah, that's that's just what you got to do. Don't leave them laying around. Uh, the Target store, the porn player. Oh, this was brilliant. <laughs> this is. There's gonna be a lot more of this. Yeah, this is gonna. Again, it's 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 uh, not only do you know kind of the older people in the workplace not really understand technology, corporations do not understand. Technology. Well. Target clearly has had multiple problems in that regard. <laughs> so let's just explain what happened here. Yes. Target has some kind of a phone system. Uh, a PA system. A PA. Yeah. Well, first off, first off, the phone system. Right. So these hackers call into the store mm-hmm. and they say, can you connect me to extension 4135? Yes. And whoever's there connects it to 4135. Which that happens, happens to be the, to be the intercom. Over the entire store, the PA for the entire store. Yeah. And then what happened in this case was they played a porno movie, the entire audio for a porno movie, and it went on for a long time. Much longer than it probably should have. Absolutely. I, I assume there is an off button. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, you go in and you start pulling cables, at, you know, after a couple of minutes. <laughs> You'd think they'd have a bigger, just a very, like a volume knob yeah. or something. <laughs> I, I don't understand why it went on for so long. But the reason I titled this, like, where next? <laughs> I'm sure Target has a pretty standard system oh, yeah. from Cisco or from whoever else. You just need access to whatever the corporate handbook is that lets you know what the number is to dial yeah. into the intercom. And, and you're We're going to every store I walk into yeah. in the next uh, few months, I'm expecting to hear porn. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, mm. it, it's This will happen a lot. Um, the, I, you listen to the clip, I assume. Which is really kind of amazing. <laughs> well, you should because uh, yeah. it's actually it's a it's a mom with with her child that, that is recording it, and she's like, "Oh, I can't believe this and stuff." And it's it's your standard porn moanings. There's nothing terribly like crazy or anything, but the child starts to cry. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm like, why? <laughs> it sounds like people being very happy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was, it, it was very funny, and, and we're going to see again, like I said, a lot more of this. It's it's not that difficult, and it's it's half social engineering and half understanding technology when the companies and the people that are operating it do not understand technology. Right. Um, so Fitbit can get hacked, apparently. Yeah, Fitbit Listen can get Jason. hacked. Um, the Bluetooth port is wide open, mm-hmm. so anybody within, I think, what they're saying, like ten feet or something, of a Fitbit device can right. hack it within seconds, they're saying. Within 10, 10 seconds. seconds. After the devices connect, meeting even fleeting proximity problem. So, and then you basically can infect the device and put some malicious code on it. And then when that's connected back to your PC at home or that's connected to anything, and I guess it is over Bluetooth. That was my yeah. first question to you. I don't know how yeah. I missed that in the early part of the article because I was like, do you actually have to plug it in? No. No, it's you Bluetooth. do not. Yeah. Uh, so that's not good. Well... <laughs> it's it's the, the the biggest problem is that Fitbit were told of this problem, this vulnerability back in March, 
and it remains unpatched today. Right. And the, that's the issue that all of these technology companies need to realize that they, when a, a vulnerability is identified, they need to respond because it's only a matter of time before it appears in an article like this yeah. and people like us, or usually Jason, <laughs> will be out here telling it to the world and it's out in the public domain. And then anybody it's not, who wants to will then... Can, yeah. Yeah. It and becomes it, a weekend project to say, oh, let me see if I can hack my Fitbit. Yeah, and, and Everyone's the, it's not terribly difficult. It's not like there's a, a large barrier to entry to do a lot of this stuff. It's it's quite simple. Um, you put a link from, from your own company here. How safe is your quantified self-tracking, monitoring, and wearable tech? Now, I've always been screaming about this a little bit. Um, this is terrifying, and it's funny because Jason and I went through this big period of talking about doing all this quantified self stuff, and I finally came away with the idea that this is a waste of time. Um, if I'm if I'm monitoring myself enough and if I'm disciplined enough, I know I need to work out. I don't need an app to tell me that I've worked out or not. <laughs> I don't really need that. Um, so I've stopped doing the quantified self stuff and just kind of lived my life. Uh, but the quantified self stuff, if you're talking about this, if you're using a Fitbit or if you're using something else and it can be hacked, you, you think, oh, that's bad. They might get my password. No, they will know what you do every week when you do it, yes. where you're at, they will know that you run on Tuesday mornings. They will know that you're out of your house for an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. They will know that you go to the gym on Wednesday. They will know that you do exactly. Blah, 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 blah. With the quantified self and all this tracking and monitoring and everything that people are doing now, if somebody hacks into that, they will know everything about you and what you do and when you do it. And that is not good. Yeah, it's, it's a constant worry. And I think it's, people need to be... It's, it's not the one piece of information that might get out there. No, it's, it's the conglomerate. It's yeah. bringing it all Whole together. It's of it big together. data, which, it is. again... And don't underestimate the power of that big data and their ability to stitch these things together. No. And, to build and, this huge profile of you. And if you aren't careful with your passwords, all they need to do is get into one thing. Yeah. And then they can get into all the things. Yes. And then once they've seen, you know, once they've gotten into your Fitbit logs and your bank account right? Mm -hmm. and your account records with United Airlines. And it, it, it's so easy to put together. It, it, big data is so easy to crunch now. Your entire life can be put together and accurate predictions about your future behavior can be put together. And that is what every single company in the world is trying to do to all of us, right? Yeah. Because they want to sell us their shit and they can figure out how to do so if they have all our data. Yay, world. Comment of the week. All right. So now we move on to the comment of the week. Uh, <laughs> first off, we got an iTunes five-star rating from the Red Crow who says, worth your time. I wish all news, blogs, podcasts were like this one. Authentic, smart, entertaining, and actually informative. Not the advertising hyperbola, idiot fest that pretty much everything else has become. Add to that the professional level audio mixing, and you have magic. Do they curse sometimes? Yes, it's for adults, sunshine. Do they hold views that people who have only been exposed to mainstream information might find shocking? Yes. Educate yourself. Do they sometimes use terms that people might find offensive? Yes. But when they realize they're wrong, they're big enough to correct themselves. This podcast is a hidden gem. I'm hooked and look forward to listening every week. Give it a try. I'd be surprised if you didn't feel the same. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, the Red Crow. That's that's much nicer comments than I ever get from Fergal. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Look at all the nice things people say about this it's podcast, awesome. man. It's awesome. It's, it's good. Uh, we also got another five-star rating from, I. sorry, the uh, it was an Arabic script, and I can't read that. So whoever you are, thank you very much. And Arabic wrote, or Arabic? Arabic, sorry. Well, you said adults, or you said you said. Oh, I said adults. adults. I said it the way it's meant to be said. Yes, very proper. <laughs> very proper for an Irishman. Uh, so... Whoever you are, thank you very much. You wrote, uh, recently I discovered this podcast and now can't miss any episode. Listener for, from Oman. So we have a listener from Oman. Awesome. How that awesome is, is that? So thank you very much. And uh, via our website, grumpyoldgeeks.com, we heard back from our buddy, uh, Elliot Earls, who left us the nonsensical comment the other week with quite a long comment. So I'll just run through this really quickly. And then uh, I think both Fergal and I have some comments on this one. Uh, dear geeks, love the show. Great job. I'm writing in reference to last week's comment of the week and your desire for clarification regarding this tweet at Elliot Earls. The grumpy old geeks seem to be obsessed with steganography. Sure. He's handsome, but I don't get it. And then the link to the Wikipedia page for the guy who's dating Oprah Winfrey, the one who loves guns that I'm going to come back to later because that <laughs> is the only funny thing you've ever said to us. I love that one. Uh, the one who loves guns commented that any form of humor that needs to be explained is not very effective. Really? Yeah. This begs the simple question, effective for whom? You dig? Think about it. I'll wait. You really think you're funny, dude. Uh, my tweet was a form of water parking. I was water parking you. Water parking is akin to but distinct from trolling. You know how you have to explain your humor? You're now also yeah. have to explain what you did because mm -hmm. I'd never heard of water parking. I can read that. You, you heard of it? No, I'm going to come back to that Okay, later. okay. Yeah. In water parking, one assumes the role of a boob, moron, noob, or rube with the intent of provoking a condescending response from the one being water parked. The results can be hilarious and or fabulously entertaining for the water parker and no one else. That's my own addition there. Uh, so in this instance above, I was assuming the role of a man smart enough to be listening to people discussing steganography to clueless enough to assume that it was the study of a Stegman gram. I was conflating and confusing Stegman with Stegman. Is apparently the basis of your entire joke. And I was water parking you to boot. What was the payoff? My kids, age 9, 11, and 13, all howled with belly laughter as you confusedly read my tweet on your podcast. A few of my grad students, too, found your confusion amusing. I hope you're requiring them to listen to it in your class, because that will increase our <laughs> listenership. I see water parking as an advanced situationist artistic practice. Wow. Uh, leveraging contemporary media to expose the absurdity of the shitstorm our culture has become. Thanks for participating, fellas, and keep up the good work. I genuinely, honestly, and authentically love your show. Regards, Elliot Earls, designer in residence. Well, thank you, Elliot. I mean, I don't want to crap on you too much because you do seem to be a sincere listener. Yeah. But it, it, still not funny. Yeah. Bit of a stretch. Um, <laughs> happy that I could provide some amusement to your kids. That's good. I, we like that. Uh, but yeah, I, water parking, not something I've heard of, uh, reminds me of the people that basically dial into the local news and, and do the, uh, Bapa Bui thing. It's funny for you and no one else. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the beginnings of the joke in quotations <laughs> was conflating steganography with Stedman. The guy's name is Stedman, yeah, it's not, not Stedman. Stegman. It's so I think really what happened was that you found this funny through the filter of your misspelling of now, the guy's name. Now, to be fair, I've done very similar things after 19 beers. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Are you saying that Elliot maybe had a couple of beers before this? I'm thinking there might have been a few beers. <laughs> okay, my other issue is with water parking. 
I had never heard of this term. Uh, I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's a term. Let me look it up. Oh, good. You looked it up. So you I did, did the research because I was going to yeah. do that and totally forgot. I did a bit of Googling. Yes. Nothing. nothing. There is no there word, is no nothing on uh, Google on water park. And so I said, oh. But, it's, go but it's an advanced situationist artistic practice. Uh, so Elliot has to find it because okay. I believe that this is Elliot's term. Right. Because I looked it up on uh, Urban, uh, urban Dictionary. Or urban Dictionary.com, dictionary. yes. That is the definitive place where you're going to find any term, any definition of a term that's used in the internet world. Yes. No mention of water parking. It doesn't exist. Elliot, this is you. You've defined this. Congratulations. I hope your word takes off and that you become famous for it. I hope. But today, there is no such thing as water parking. Yes. And I, I, yeah, I I don't get it. But hey, I'm glad that you had fun. Thank you, Elliot. And I'm glad um, to, yeah, thanks I'm glad for listening, Elliot. Elliot, please do yes. please do keep listening. Keep up with us because uh, it's fun. And, and we can't keep up like, with you. If you would like to confuse us by water parking us, please do so at uh, on Twitter at, at GOG Podcast, uh, at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Don't bother with Facebook because it's such a mess. All the Facebook pages, you can't see a goddamn thing. Uh, and uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOG Podcast. Crap, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> See, this is what happens when Jason isn't here. Whatever our Patreon page is, check that out. Software, apps, and gadgets. Fergal brought over some lovely beers, and we are currently, this is definitely not the first one, uh, drinking one called Your Father Smelt of Elderberries by Stone. And uh, you go ahead and say this again. Yeah, this is the uh, Stone Stochast- Stochasticity <laughs> Project. Which is basically where Stone go off in the weird tangents and had unusual ingredients to make their beers. And yeah, this one, they've used elderberries. And yeah, you can taste the elderberries. Um, yes. Yeah. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. <laughs> okay. I don't really know what an I could, I couldn't tell you what an elderberry it really is. It tastes of this. Some kind of it berry. It tastes of this. Yeah, I guess yes. it's elderberry. It's very good. Um, the term stoca- stochastic. Occurs in a wide variety of professional or academic fields to describe events or systems that are unpredictable due to the influence of a random variable, like water tabling or water, whatever the hell you parking, mean. parking, <laughs> water tabling, water boarding, water boarding, it's a very yeah, different yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, for, so for software apps and gadgets uh, this week, I thought we would do something that uh, Jason and I never really get the opportunity to do. In fact, we haven't even talked about it. Uh, since the episode that we did with Felicia Michaels, because Felicia had kids, and we asked her a little bit about this. Uh, we have Fergal here, who is the father of two, and uh, I'm very interested, because I will soon be the father of one at some point in the very near future-ish, um, interested in technology and how that affects uh, kids and how you deal with it as a parent. Um, you know, I Certainly, I've had enough experiences with, with nieces and nephews to know that there is an innate need, desire uh, to hold on to iPhones and iPads, and their comprehension of them is astounding. Mm. Uh, they, they know how to, I just remember my niece particularly knew how to work the iPhone to find photos and videos of herself before she could even speak. It, it's that quick. And the desire to be on those systems yeah. is, is huge with kids. Um, well, they see us on them, and they want to get involved too. They want to see what they're capable of. Right. What I think is different about kids is, they're like sponges, of course, and they learn how to do these things. Not only do they learn, but they remember. Right. Every time I go back to my phone, I have to go, oh, how do I change the, uh, the background of this again? Mm-hmm. I have to go through all this process and figure it out. Right. They remember. 
just get back in to do it. It becomes second They're nature incredibly fast. I mean, so, to a certain extent, it's how our parents looked at us yeah. with, with computers, and, and they're a whole new level, and we're looking at them now. Um, so you not only have a, a very young child, but you also have one yeah. in, in the school of high, <laughs> uh, which is a whole different set of challenges. So, so I'm yeah. particularly interested in, in how you're dealing with that, because that's... I can't even imagine. Okay. I, you know, every week when we do this show and we talk about things like Snapchat and all these, I'm horrified at the thought of what is happening with teenagers. Yeah. Um, so I have a 15 year old daughter, and you know, first off, I have to say she's a very good kid. It's not that I have to worry too much about her, but we all know the internet is a pretty horrible place. Yeah. There is so much nasty stuff out there and nasty people. And, of course, I want to protect her from that. Yeah, people I want to water park you left, right, and center. <laughs> Stop. You're just going to bring that into the mainstream <laughs> way before it Wait, I'm trying to get him on Urban Dictionary so there'll be the mention of grumpy old geeks. Yeah. Some more yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I want to protect my daughter from uh, some of this nastiness out there. But at the same time, I want to make sure she views the Internet as a tool in the same way we all do. Yeah. And that she uses it for education and for research and so on. Which is so many 14-year-olds are wont to do. Naturally. Yeah. Actually, you are very lucky. I, I Your yeah. daughter is pretty fantastic in that Just way. Too. So you, yeah. you've got a lot easier. But there are things that you are doing. I know that you've Absolutely. shut down access at yeah. certain time periods. Because the issue is more about uh, enabling her to focus on her studies and not be distracted by... In her case, it's YouTube. She loves YouTube. She loves all the YouTubers out there, the personalities, yeah. the bullshit they're all up to. It's so <laughs> fucking inane. Well, it's, but she loves it. It is the natural extension of, of reality TV. Yes. I mean, that's that's what all this is. It's yeah. horrifying and it makes no sense to us, mm-hmm. but that's what the kids love. But now. these are the celebrities that she's much more interested in than traditional uh, traditional celebrities yeah. music or movie celebrities right so my control of her comes down to mo- mostly about time right and she's got two devices that i uh lock down she's got her cell phone so she has an iphone but she has an iphone that has no data package on oh okay so that's the first thing her phone is it a has phone to be on wi-fi and text message and beyond that unless she's on a uh, wi which is my she relatively has no ubiquitous. Days. It is. So she doesn't have it at school, but right. I see her going to soccer. Yeah. As soon as she gets to soccer, there is city Wi-Fi at the soccer park. Yeah. And she gets on her uh, phone there. Right. Okay. Very hard for me to lock that down. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, she uh, also has a, a PC and she does most of her research and her look at videos on PC. But to be honest, she's more inclined sometimes to look at these YouTube videos on her phone, tiny little screen, rather uh, than That's another PC. really weird thing that the uh, kids are just, they'd rather watch yeah. on a phone. They're just used to it yeah. now. Well, yeah, I mean, look at the monitor I have in front of yeah. me. I want big. I want yeah. huge. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing with kids. And yeah. again, the text neck and just even the eye issue, the eye strain. Yeah. I, I, and the... Uh, issue of looking at devices before you go to bed at night. Yeah. That's a big problem. You should shut off your phone for half an hour. Although, not that we do not. I do have to say, I was just heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast that was talking about this very same thing, which is that the blue light being emitted from the screens 
et cetera, et cetera, is supposed to disrupt our, our natural sleep methods. Uh, they, there was a study, and I will have to find this and get this in the show notes, and Jason's probably laughing right now because he knows I'm not going to do it. But there is a study that, that just came out that uh, found four Aboriginal societies that are currently existing now that do not have any access to higher technology. And they found out that on average, they slept an hour less than we do. So as much as complaining as we're doing about our sleep being disrupted by all our screens and everything like that, uh, pre, pre-technology societies on this planet that we're studying right now still sleep less than us and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe we're just whiny bitches. I think we are. Yeah. To be honest, you know, I used to get about eight hours sleep a night mm-hmm. since we had a new baby, 10 month old now. Yeah. I now get about five and a half hours sleep each night and I'm, I feel better. Yeah. I feel better all day long. I'm not tired. I feel great. My sweet spot is six to seven hours. I, I, if I have more than that, I don't feel good. That, that's, that's what I need. So. Let's Anyways, take this back to where we were. Very interesting. <laughs> so what do I do? First thing, I apply a lot of security at the router in right. our home. Okay, so if you Wow, have, most people don't even change the admin passwords on their routers. But the vast majority <laughs> of your Wi-Fi routers now have family protection, family safety built in. Yep. So you go into your router, you identify the devices that Each your device. kids use, and you can define a time period during which that device is allowed to be active. Not only that, but you can also um, uh, block specific sites. Right. So, for example, on you my daughter's phone. You could shut her off of YouTube. I you shut her off of YouTube, and I right. do. Right. I do that on her phone during certain periods. Okay. Okay? So she knows she cannot look at those sites. Right. And that's the way it is. So that's the first thing I do. The next level up from that, I make use of. Excuse the plug here, but we do have a product in uh, Norton called Norton Family. And uh, this is a family security software, and its role is to monitor and block kids' activity online. Now, what does it by that? What are we talking about stopping them from signing up for things? What 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 does it do? Multiple levels. Okay. So first thing is um it's you can define a profile for your kid in terms of what kind of sites you want them to look at right. or not look at. So, and that we, we give, you know, basic profiles based on their age that you can, can modify. So basically what we've done is we've gone out and categorized every single website in the world, believe it or not. <laughs> and we assign it to a category and it An might be pornography. Range, that sort of thing. It might be pornography, might be religion. It might be this uh, pornography medical is okay or, for or, 11 to 13. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, you can create a profile for your kid based on what you want to allow them to, to see. Right. Okay. That's okay. the first thing. The next thing is we define, you can define a set of information about your kid, address, phone number, social security number, etc. And you say, if this kid tries to put this information into any oh, form, block it. There you go. Shut it down. That's really interesting. Okay. That's smart. Also, we can track profiles created by the kid on any of the major social networks. It's one thing if they have a profile on Facebook where they claim that they're who they are, but if they create another profile where they claim they're 18 or 21, that's a problem. Based on so email every time, address, name? Well, basically we watch for profiles being, being created. Right, okay. okay uh, so on any, the system? Yeah. Okay, so and, yeah. And Facebook is loaded, profiles created, it recognizes yeah, behavior, yeah. creates a report. Okay. Now, the other thing we do is we track every um, search that the kid does. So every, listening Yahoo? everything she, <laughs> I think we do it no for Yahoo. It doesn't there. matter, <laughs> but we at least have it for Google. So everything that she Googles, 
I can list it out. And I can see what she what she's right. looking for. Right. Secondly, then uh, everything that she looks How at. How to shut on, down family security software. Yeah. Everything she looks at on uh, YouTube, all the videos. I have a list of all the videos that she's. I watched. bet that's some fun viewing. Yeah, video. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So okay. you know, I've well, got a level of of, of monitoring. Okay. The important thing to, however, with all of this, is to not be not to try to police your kid. You do well, want to upset to, your kid. To engage, you do this right? with your kid. Yes. You let them know why you're doing it and explain to them. And, you know, it'll pop up a message saying this site is blocked. But if you feel it shouldn't be blocked or if you need to see it, Talk to ask your dad. <laughs> and I can, with a click of a button, you know, I'll already have received a message at that point to say she tried to access a blocked site. Right. And I can, I, I, I can allow it with just a click of a button. And I have that on my phone. So no matter where I am, I can actually do that. Right. Um, the final point I want to make on this, because we, I don't want to run too long on it, is on phones, there's a very interesting tool that you can get now called an app locker. Right. And this is used normally for people who don't want their wives or partners to see what they have on their phones. If you happen to have Tinder on your phone, maybe you want to drop it into your app locker so that it's not nobody can accessible. access it. If, if your wife borrows your phone and is scrolling through, yeah, she will not, she will not be able to access it. Exactly. Right. Now, that can be used also for kids. You can take all the apps that you don't want your kid to have. Snapchat would be a nice example. And you download it. Put it oh, on, you, put you, it you on have the to phone, pre-install it install and then it, stick it then in Then drop it in the app locker. Encode it. Wow. And then they won't be able to make use of it. That does take a certain amount of... of monitoring what's going on with the kids these days. You need so to you know, should listen so. to this podcast because we talk about those apps all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you would have to know what, what the app is. You, you would have to wait yeah. for the report uh, about it. And you obviously must have heard that report that we did about the calculator that wasn't a real calculator program uh, yeah, that was yeah. used to hide yeah. photos. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. So the kids are working the same games. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what you got to watch for. Yeah. App Locker is really interesting. I mean, yeah. yeah. And the and whole family security stuff, this stuff has gotten so sophisticated. I mean, obviously, this is not a world that I delve into, yeah. except when I talk to you about it's it. It's so. somewhat sophisticated, but let me mm-hmm. tell you, our ability to do the level of tracking that we want to wow. is fine on, on PCs. It's good on Android because Apple locked down their phone and created so few APIs right. into their browser it actually restricted us a lot from being able to provide these services to our, our customers. Yeah. However, just recently, they've opened up some APIs into Safari, some filtering APIs. So now you can, in fact, filter content coming in through your uh, iPhone. Yeah, which uh, probably we, I mean, I, I think Apple realizes that we have to do, especially now in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, and the end of the, the problem with all of this stuff, though, is that it, it's so easily, all it takes is uh, somebody bringing over a laptop. That, or somebody bringing over their own phone that that isn't that has a data plan, sure, and, yeah. or just going to the library and getting yeah. a computer there, then you're then you're kind of screwed, and all this goes out the window. But I, again, I think what you said is the key is communication. It's not yeah. just installing these things and saying yeah. too bad. It's going through the process of talking about why yeah. you're not ready to see this yet, I or think, why you shouldn't have this account. Yeah. And, I do think my daughter gets pissed off sometimes that she can't do what she wants so to do. Also called being but a overall, yeah. she respects. The, the rules of, of the house. And, I do uh, hope I end up with a teenager like yours. <laughs> I hope so too, Brian. <laughs> I hope this next kid or this current kid grows up to be as good. So. Yeah, it's a boy. Yeah, you can do whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs>
media candy. So tell me about Oprah, Virgil. So uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Oprah, <laughs> but uh, she's th- this week they're doing like a, a seven-night event mm-hmm. uh, with this show called uh, Believe or Beliefs. Right. And uh, Would this be on her own network? It is. It's, it's called Own? own. Yes, oh, yeah. network. I wonder who's yeah. on the cover of the Oprah Winfrey magazine this month. <laughs> Let me check. I think I'm sure it might I be Oprah. Here. I think it might be Oprah. <laughs> okay. But um, the reason I just draw attention to this, it's actually a really good documentary series about the world religions. And of course, Oprah's all religiously and all that, and that's fine. I am, like Brian here, not a subscriber to any religion whatsoever. I'm an avowed atheist. However, I think it's very important to know about and understand the world religions it's, well, it's at the core of of anthropology i agree 100 percent. it's the core of us as a species yeah. our history is written through our religions it's and so uh, important. you cannot be an atheist unless you've taken multiple uh religions in the world classes and understand all the religions yeah, yeah you cannot make that decision to say i reject all of it until yeah. you study it and so <clears> this this uh, series is i find it uh, fascinating uh, sometimes what's fascinating about it is just how ridiculous <laughs> the things that people believe in is just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. But still, I respect them for it. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is uh, it, that is interesting is the very big role that ceremony plays in every single one of these religions. And that fundamentally ceremony is something that's clearly important to us as humans. I, I think it's something that, that atheists never address. And I think that we do need to, because if you think of any of the things that we do, um, Christmas, this is based on, well, I'm, if you're a Christian, it's based on Jesus. If you're realistic about it, it's stolen from the pagans. Yes. It's a very special religious ceremony for them. So all of these steps and important points in our lives and the things that draw us together and bring us together and create the sense of community and have our special days, those are all based on religion. And as an atheist, we espouse them and, and we join in on them, even though we don't believe in it. But they are very important. Yeah. Um, Christmas is as important to me as it is for any devout Christian. Yeah. It, it's in a very important day, even though I don't subscribe to the belief behind it. And if we didn't have, again, religion being a very really good bellwether for the history of us as a species, how all these things came together. So, you know, I, I don't begrudge religion. It's great. I, when we were sitting in the, you know, in the mud huts and looking up at the stars, we needed reasons to come up with stuff. And we came up with reasons. And we also came up with all these fantastic ceremonies and things. And that's what keeps us together as human beings. Yeah. Even if we don't necessarily need the original reason behind creating those things sure. anymore. I think the very <laughs> fact that, you know, she makes that it takes seven nights Right. To explain all the religions of the world, of course. I don't even know if that's enough. Yeah, it's not, of course. (laughs) But the fact that there are that many religions with a diverse set of beliefs and everyone is is so adamant, they're all the one true faith. We are all the one and the only true. So that should give you pause. I'm actually very interested in this and I'm glad that you brought this to my attention because normally I would not. I've looked at anything on Oprah, and and I will be watching this. I, I want to watch this. And part this is, of the reason is my girlfriend is uh, involved in the PR for this. <laughs> wow, you're just <laughs> you're really just shilling your own shit tonight. That's this has yeah. nothing to do with your personal interests. Uh, speaking of religion, so I will now bring up one. Of, actually, let me just say really quickly that I would probably rather 
I will probably enjoy this Oprah's Seven Night series thing more than I enjoyed Bill Maher's um, whole diet. Religious? Religious, which was funny and fine. Yeah, yeah. But as an atheist, I don't want people to think that Bill Maher speaks for all of us. I think he can be pretty much kind of a dick Dawkins. Dawkins is also an asshole. Yeah. I agree with their belief. Militant atheism. did it right. Hitchens did it right. Somewhat, yeah. And, well, sometimes he had a few too many genitals. does not interest me in, in any way. No, it doesn't interest me because either. The whole point of atheism is I don't believe everybody do whatever the fuck they want to do. That's the point. That's, yeah. Unless you happen to be doing this. Uh, <laughs> the Hajj uh, is, is on right now uh, where everybody goes to Mecca. And there's actually fascinating stories. And again, this is another one of these links that I'm not going to put in the show notes, Jason. So forget it um, about how Mecca deals with the influx of 5 million people that come for two weeks every year and mm-hmm. how they basically built their entire city using technology to accommodate and then retract to expand and retract. Yeah. Although it doesn't really always work so well because there was a stampede uh, death and the death tolls have now been raised to 2,121 people have died because they are told to go to this one city once a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you yeah, can't really be sad about it. Um, it's, it's, I guess they, maybe they die happy. I don't know, uh, the, but it's still tragic. Um, it it uh, is tragic. And you can say it's stupid, but you know, no, we can't say it's of stupid. those 5 million people. A lot of them would probably have died anyway. Cause out of 5 million people, 2000 people are going to die. Oh, okay. So, so you're just playing the numbers, play the numbers, you're playing the numbers, play the numbers. All right. Especially maybe. Let's talk about that Irish potato famine at some point and how many people died. We'll we'll crunch the numbers on that one for Sure. 20% of the entire country died. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They were bound to die anyways. You all fucking smoked. No. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to some good news. The best thing I've seen probably all week and I may see all month. Um, uh, I like the band Hot Chip. They're kind of an EDM-ish sort of intellectually kind of funny band. Uh, they're really good live. They've been doing a live cover of Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark for a long time, which is very good. And then they just put out uh, the best video ever. It's all 80s clips from VHSs, and it's fantastic. So it was a fun... Did you watch it? I watched... Uh, I, I, I don't think you're a fan I of watched, the music. No, but, not particularly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched the first uh, all the 80s <laughs> shows pieces. Yeah. Then when the music came on, I would kind of say I was disappointed. I was expecting it to be a really good version of... I think it Prince is. And I didn't <laughs> think you and I disagree. <laughs> there are some bands we agree on. Hot yeah. Chip's not one of them. Yeah. yeah. Courtney so. Cox wasn't there, so there just was no point. I was a little disappointed they didn't find like an early or just drop that in for a few seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would have been good. But uh, yeah. Um, Amazon is uh, finally realizing that they might have a pay. Well, the, first off, there's payola going on online with reviews, which nobody wants to talk about. And then there's just the fake ones. And then there's a whole takeification of Amazon where everybody's I'm writing sorry, funny reviews. What is that word? Takeification. Takeification. What the hell is that? George Takai. Oh, Takai. Okay. Yeah. okay. Right. Because, because he started the process yes, of yes. writing funny reviews, ah, and now okay. everybody is trying oh, to write. Right. Everybody, wagon. All right. Everybody is water parking. parking. <laughs> Everybody's water parking Amazon <laughs> with their hilarious only to them reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, that's a big problem, but uh, they're attempting to tackle it. 
So yeah, Good it's luck. about time that they did. Um, the only way to do I that is to throw 10,000 Filipinos at it that are highly underpaid. Oh. Yeah, that's the way this works for Facebook and everyone else. No, I I think, you know, when I look at an Amazon review, you know, and we all depend on Amazon reviews now. It's the first thing we look at when we're about to buy something. I listen to Grumpy Old Geeks and I make my decision based on that. (laughs) But it's, you know, I, I do think... Amazon needs to shut. This no, down. it's it's Even a real expectation. Of if Amazon wants to continue on the path that they're going right now, then yes, this has to be dealt with. Because I know they have their certified buyer reviews, which is better. <laughs> but that's not a solution not because that so, brings in the whole Twitter verification thing, which is an issue. And then it's the it's the one percenters all over again. It's the haves and the have nots. Do you have the blue star? You don't have the blue star. Fuck you. Well, how do you get a blue star? All of that shit starts to happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little insane, but. Uh, yeah, good luck with that, Amazon. Just uh, you make sure that all the very, very cheap labor that you hire actually can try to speak English. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to go so well. Um, you posted this, and I saw it Have about fab. two minutes after that. I saw yeah. it. I am so fucking thrilled about this. Absolutely, Absolutely fabulous. fabulous. Has been talking about making a movie. Produced. They've been talking about a movie for. I actually did not realize you were a fan. Absolutely, but. I... I'm, I'm I don't know anybody else out. that is. It freaks me out that, you know, this was a show back in the early 90s. Yeah, right? 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 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 early 90s, I think. And fantastic show, you know, if you haven't Typical watched British it, Typical British show, it ran, what, three seasons? Two, two and out? drunk women. It's yeah. basically what it's about. She was a PR agent. Oh, the other was one was it. a faded star. Yeah. They just got drunk all yeah. the time. Yeah. One of them had a kid. They were still trying to, they were in their... Late thirties, I think, on the show. Oh, I know we're I, past that age now, which is terrifying. No, no, I think they were much older. You think they were much older? And I am scared that of how old they're going to be in this movie. They posted the first shot. They don't look a day older. So, of Jennifer course, they Saunders, are. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Saunders always hilarious in everything yes. that she's ever done. Joanna Lumley, of course, a goddess. Yes, but she was in the Avengers. Yes, she was in the original. Avengers. She was purdy. Really? Right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm right. Yeah, yes. I think you're right. Yeah. And she was super hot. Yeah. And she has just, you know, she's one of these fantastic British actresses. Oh, yeah. And, well, uh, and, the, and when the British actresses play that role where it's just, you know, she's just grabbing a bottle of vodka and mainlining it. Mm-hmm. And she's just fantastic. It was one of the funniest shows I'd ever watched in my life. I was dying. This was on when I was in college. I loved every second of it. I had the biggest crush on Julie Savala, who played the daughter, Safi. Oh, Although yeah. she got yeah. she got a little rotund she later. Did. So I wonder if yeah. she might have lost her weight as they're coming back. But but she was always very cool and cute. I can see yes. your I can understand your crush. Yeah, I had definitely had I didn't the crush. share it, but I can understand. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I definitely uh, this was a great show and and very much a part of, of my, my college age years yes. and uh my mom loved this. Uh, like, I watched this with my mom, and we died laughing all the time. It was a great, great, great show. And I, I'm so thrilled that they're finally getting around to doing a movie. Yeah. So I, there's I no also way love the fact that, you know, 90% of it occurred in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. One room. Well, typical British there sitcom. There really wasn't there's much like going two on. sets. Yeah. So Everything cheap, will be so that. simple. Yeah. But just really well written and hilarious. From and then when they did their big travel episode, like they would go to, like, Morocco. It'd be one set, which was the hotel room. That was it. <laughs> I love that. But they didn't rely on it. They didn't need it because the dialogue was so fucking snappy and it was just all great. Or they went to France and it was just that ramshackle cottage that was the wrong place. Great episode. <laughs> that episode was awesome. 
Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, speaking of shows ending, uh, we would be remiss not to mention this. Mythbusters is finally putting an end to it. Um, They will uh, do one more season in 2016, and that will be that. So uh, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. And I think it is time. What a great show, though. I think they really did a service. Oh, yeah. To To science. To science and to different communities. To geekdom. Yeah. To movie buffs. To well, they really kind of us. spread. They they walked all over all of those fields yeah. really, really well. Uh, the writing was on the wall when they let go with the B team, Carrie, and and uh, all those guys, and and we knew it wasn't going to last too much longer. But they've done a long. Oh, this has been a long run. Yeah. Uh, so good on you, and it was a great. And like I said, um, much like Neil deGrasse Tyson, I mean, these guys are like uh, these. They're out there and they're proponents for science mm-hmm. and and for geekdom and for all of that in a time period where we actually really needed it yeah. and, and in a good in a good way like you know there's geekdom that's facebook zuckerberg which is eh, not so good and there's geekdom like these guys which is let's learn about stuff let's be interested in the world let's make sure the kids know that it's cool to know this stuff yeah yeah it's fun and it's fun it's interesting. and, and yeah. mythbusters did that really well they did it. everything was done and it was fun yeah. And, but but smart. So, uh, cheers to you guys. And uh, I, I hope yeah. you'll always blow stuff up. Are you kidding me? Loving. Fergal is a fan of. Uh, oh gosh, what's that? Blue Apron? Is that you yeah. and I? You you yep. let me try it with yep. your code, and I liked it as well. But I do prefer to do my shopping myself, so I'm fine with that. But I totally understand that you get it. But we both like to cook. And so I found an article that was made for us. Um, I stayed away from the beer, but mind-blowing fruit and vegetable facts that will seem obvious in retrospect. All right. Uh, I want to know if you uh, – don't read it yet. I'm going to close the link. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I, have, I didn't read this today. I don't know Do you know what the difference is between red peppers and green peppers? Uh, ripeness. Damn, you're right. Exactly. Okay. That's the only difference. Do you know that some peppers have three um, – nodes at the bottom and some have four mm, yes i do know that they're one. male and female i did not know that yeah which one's three and which Pepper, one's four i, I don't know <laughs> peppers are gender specific I, I i did not know i i don't know why the difference is though where which one is which yeah um but yeah the the reason that uh, red and orange and yellow peppers are more expensive than green peppers is they're actually the ripe ones and the green ones aren't so you have to grow them longer do you know what the difference is between green olives and black olives no. The black are ripe. Black or green are not. That makes sense. Yeah. See, again, in retrospect, it makes sense. That's the whole point of the article. That's why they named it that. What is the difference between green beans and beans? Green beans are the outer part and beans are the inner part. The green beans are picked young before the seeds develop. If you don't pick them in time, the beans keep growing and the pods wither and you end up with a pod full of navy beans. Same plant. Zucchini or just baby squash? You let them keep growing, they'll become a squash. Disagree. That's bullshit. Let them dry out and you've got a gourd. That's true. Okay, you're just saying bullshit on the middle step. I'm saying bullshit. Like, you know, I've grown zucchinis. Okay. And you can grow them and grow them and grow them. They're still zucchinis. They don't take on the, you know, any other shapes. They just grow bigger. Hmm. Okay. We'll write in. Uh, Let's see. Baby Bella mushrooms are really baby portobello mushrooms. Baby corn is really baby corn. Baby carrots, however, are not. Not baby, baby carrots. carrots. That is a complete lower load of shit. Oh, I saw it. When tremendous. I read that story for the first time, I've never bought baby carrots since. Then. Really? Out of protest. 
Uh, it's kind of bullshit. It kind of is. It's wasteful. It is. It it's is ridiculously yeah. bad for the environment. Yeah. yeah. And there's no difference. But just get a damn full carrot. Nah, they're very convenient. You know, I often sit there with my carrots you and, and my your, hummus. You and eating I your baby carrots. carrots in your Uber are the reason <laughs> this society hummus. is falling apart. <laughs> but no, I agree. <laughs> it is wasteful. And I was shocked when I heard that. Yeah, I was shocked about shocked. that. So. Uh, asparagus are the young shoots of plant of a plant with delicate fronds that will actually grow taller than us. That's very cool. And still make your piece smell funny. Oh, God. Artichokes are thistle flowers that haven't bloomed. Really? Really? <laughs> that's, that's what it says. Okay, that's it. I just thought that was kind of interesting. That's great. Uh, and that in the sense. other interesting thing, uh, we are coming up on Halloween. Uh, this episode will come out on the 23rd, which is the week before Halloween. Uh, there is a decent size, and when I read it, I was like, it sounds fucking big to me, uh, <laughs> asteroid that's going to safely pass Earth on Halloween. So please do not post the links about how the end of the Earth is coming. You can file that in the bin with your memes from Back to the Future. Do not post it. We are not going to die. It's not going to hit us. But it's very big, and the cool thing about this is that there is a website that will be that will let you watch the virtual telescope or the, te the virtual telescope project will be observing the past this is the same thing that all the main scientists are going to watch. And you will be able to watch that exact feed online That's awesome. as it passes the earth. That's awesome. Pretty damn cool. So, yeah, I, you know, we s asteroids pass the earth every day. Yes. Are pretty regular. We cannot, we have tracked less than 1% of yeah. 1% of 1%. And, you know, when they come upon them, they go, oh, and sometimes they're only uh, like a week or two out before they actually see them. Yes. But they're tracking everything in that's coming towards us. Yes. Or that's in uh, orbit around us. Yes. Uh, it's still slightly worrying because, you well, know. Well, it's terrifying. We don't know. Yeah, you just we, don't we, know. we really don't know. And sometimes it, an asteroid will come towards us and could bounce off the atmosphere. Yeah. But some could come right through. They and could, could come. Do some and could if you've been wondering where, uh, damn it, no, I have to die hard guy. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis. If you've been wondering where Bruce Willis is, <laughs> since he hasn't appeared anywhere recently, he is sitting in Cape Canaveral, waiting uh, to be launched at a moment's notice, along with the other space cowboys or whoever the fuck was in that stupid movie, <laughs> which is why I totally blew the joke. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that. I, no, mean, I blew it. it. I screwed it. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, we don't know anything. And we really need to start building a system. And a lot of this has been a big topic for a lot of, of well-noted scientists saying that how about we start just building a lot of things that are looking out at all angles. But at the end of the day, yeah. they move so fast. We can only see so far. Certain that, yeah. uh, they're small enough, big enough to kill us. We as <laughs> as atheists, you know, you can adopt the perspective that if something's coming and it's going to hit us, it's going to hit us, it's going to wipe out the earth, and so that's it. it. Yeah, shit happens. Yeah, in another billion years, some other planet will spawn a couple other people, and well, hopefully, they maybe won't need started. an emoji to stop online trolling <laughs> or water parking. Maybe they will know in advance that it's going to be ineffective. <laughs> exactly, just like water parking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Deep thoughts by the grumpy old Germans and Irish. <laughs> Closing shout out. Well, I'd very much like to thank uh, Fergal for coming in and uh, filling in for Jason, who actually isn't on vacation. He's just taking a personal day, apparently. Oh, 
We totally forgot to make fun of him about the gun thing. I know. I, I was I'm thinking about circle that. back on that now. So my closing shout out is for Jason, uh, our, our buddy Elliot, who was water parking us. Did his one good joke was the guy who likes to talk about guns. Uh, Jason, I know you were looking for a new Twitter handle because you figured Jason.com doesn't work anymore. And as per usual, you change everything all the time. Anyways, I've had the same email address for like 25 years. I never change anything. But at the guy who likes guns. Sounds good to me. It's all yours, Jason. Please yeah. take it. So it's all yours. Uh, but again, thank you very much, Virgil, for coming in. Um, I'm sure you won't be promoting this online because you'll probably get fired by Symantec if they hear all this <laughs> stuff. But I appreciate you taking the chance. Thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure being here. Uh, and the beers were fantastic. And Grumpy Old Geeks will uh, reimburse re- them. <laughs> yeah, they will. We're getting to, yeah. That last one was kind of strong. <laughs> Had a little kick to it, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. I think that might have been up around about a 10 percenter. Yeah. So. so good times. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, please do follow us on Twitter. Uh, go to our Patreon page. Give us a couple bucks so we can buy more beer for Fergal when I have to get him in with Jason as a cold or shot himself, <laughs> which people with guns tend to do. Uh, I'm Brian Schulmeister. You can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFunnels. I'm Fergal Lyons. You cannot follow me. Yeah, there you go. You can't follow him. Until next time with Virgil. Well, that will involve a gun death, but you could be here. It'd be fun. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes. Use a few words and five-star rating, and please do tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG and get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 33. <laughs>